So why are we back at my house then, Kev? Well, you remember that phone call I got whilst you were in the petrol station buying Kinder Eggs? Yeah. It was from Passport Control. They've picked up the rogue marple. No way. Kev, that's fantastic. Yeah, apparently she was trying to leave the country using someone else's passport. Sneaky. How very marple. So I thought we'd come back to yours, let the other marples know, so we can get on with that new sketch idea you had. Do you think they're still in the cupboard under the stairs? Should be. Let's have a look. Hello, ladies. Are you decent? Good news, ladies. We found the missing marple. Oh, Kev. The other eight marples have all cleared off. That's a shame. But I suppose it was a bit unusual that they took up residence in your cupboard under the stairs. Yeah, good shout. None of our other characters have ever done that after finishing their scenes. Still, though, give the marple their dues. They did tidy the cupboard up nicely. Yep, can't fault that. And it smells lemony fresh. What was your sketch idea going to be then if the marples had stuck around? Well, I just thought it might be fun if I was nine Miss Marples and you were nine Poirots. I bet we could do something with that, Kev. Kev? Kev. 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 Oh, so Kev. very nice to Wonderful see you again. Such keen eyes and a sharp sense of Bonjour, mon ami. How do you do, my great You look familiar. I recommend neither the Nile nor the long train journeys for rewarding vacation experiences. Kev. 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 Oh, sorry, Matt. I was just imagining how your idea might play out. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Should we go and ask the other eight marples to come back? No point now. We're at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Any chance there'll be marples in season three? No, Kev. Marple is so last season. Welcome to Cat Noir, Season 2, written and performed by Matt Sanders and Kevin Childers. This week's episode tastes like mango. No, sorry, it's coconut. I return from my morning walk to find a parcel thrown over my gate. I don't have the best relationship with my postman. It's from one Augustus Bennington and Smythe. I've never heard of him. It's a ticket for a journey overseas. I've always wanted to visit Bermuda. I'm always travelling. It's 9.15am. I thought we'd already introduced the podcast, Kev. We have. This is a new segment. Oh, cool. I love oranges. Yep, I think I just about get that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We are a comedy podcast. And we have fans. Good spot. It was getting a little chilly. No, human fans. Sometimes they even get in touch. What, like on Bebo? I don't even know what that is. Anyway, a fan's been in touch and lovingly created a sketch for us. How long is it? Eight seconds. Not that much love then. Well, it's a bit, and that's what counts. I've decided to call this part of the podcast, The Fans Did a Writing! No offence, Kev, but that's pretty terrible. What about... Written by the fans! Well, to be fair, that is so much better. Today's sketch is written by Paul Howe, a fisherman and plane photographer from Suffolk. You should probably hide his identity. I did. I changed one thing about him. He's not from Suffolk, is he? No. Ah, Mr Tench, please take a seat. Thank you, Dr Perch. What can I do for you? I've been having some chest pain recently and my ears are quite blocked. Okay, I best hear your heart. Was that loud enough for you? Is that it? It was a fart gag. What's wrong with that? Well, it's not really highbrow, is it? I mean, it's not likely to make the news. Biscuit Crunch and this is the news on the hour. The headlines. Man slips on banana. We ask, is that cruel to bananas? A piano drops from the sky. We'll be taking notes. And Cat Noir face crisis after revealing a fart gag. Is this a step too far for a comedy podcast? 
Insanam here is in the studio. Insert. Thanks, Biscuit. I'm here on the set of the occasionally funny podcast, Cat Noir. After revealing a fart gag today, the team have gone into shock and are currently huddled under tin foil. With me is Professor Howdy Doit, the world's leading expert on fart gags. Well, I for one cannot believe that this has happened. As an expert on body functions within the setting of a comedy sketch, I have to say this is a low bar. And after the audience ducked under that bar, the Cat Noir team followed through. Okay, Kev, that's enough. Really, really, that's enough. Uh, Paul, thanks for the sketch, but it looks like we've opened a can of worms here. Bring on the comedy baboon riding a bicycle to end the sketch. Oh, Gary says he doesn't have a baboon sound effect. Would a peacock do? Yeah, yeah, anything, anything will do. Just play it. Criminals with the law. Welcome to Cops on Blocks. Interview started 10:23 on the 15th of November 2021. Present is lead lead detective Michaels, John Dorder, and his lawyer Simon Barrister. From attorney Barrister and brief. John, tell me about that night. What happened? Well, I returned home from work about 8 p.m. like I always do, and there she was, Kathleen. Kathleen Dorder, your wife. Yes. She was dead. Was there anyone else in the house that night, John? Yes. Her father, Peter, and her mother, Marie. The parents? Well, Peter parent. Marie remarried. She was there with her new husband, Ethan Stepp. Step parent? That's right. She double-barreled her name. Anyone else? Peter brought his new partner, too. Paula wife? Are they married? Not yet. She's still married to her ex, grand husband. Were husband and wife there that night? No. Grand was with his girlfriend. Cheryl, boyfriend. And how did you know that, John? Uh, look, I, look, I, I don't want to say anything. I, I'm having an affair with Cheryl, boyfriend's cousin, Zoe's son. Zoe's son? Isn't she involved with your brother-in-law, Jack's step-parent? Yes, but his son, Mark, told me to end our affair when he caught us. So your brother-in-law's son asked you to end it with son to save step-parent from finding out? Yeah, but he then told his wife, Darcy Cousin, and boyfriend's girlfriend, Jane Affair. And she was having an affair? So was he, with her mother, Lucy. Lucy Affair? No, she's single. Lucy single? No, I, I meant she didn't have a partner. Mm. Let's get back to the night in question. What time did you leave work? Um, About 6.30. The commute is arduous. Anyone see you leave? Yes. My manager, Greg Boss, and colleague, Amanda Secretary. And is she the secretary? No, she's the supervisor. Alice Supervisor is the secretary. <clears throat> For the purposes of this tape, this is Simon Barrister. I am really sorry. I'm doing my best at writing this down, but I'm really getting lost as to who's who. Can we start again? Look, it's simple. John Dorder married Kathleen's son. Her parents are Peter and Marie Parent. Marie remarried Ethan Stepp and became Marie Stepp-Parent. Jack Stepp-Parent, her younger brother, had a son with Zoe's son. Mark Stepp-Parent, who is the nephew of Kathleen's son. Zoe's son's now the partner of John Dorder. Ethan Steps, the step-parent of Jack's step-parent and grandfather to Paul Dorder. And Peter Parent is now with Paula Wife, who is still married to Grant Husband. But he's in a relationship with Cheryl Boyfriend, who's seeing Jane Affair, who's the daughter of Lucy Affair, who's having a fling with Mark's step-parent. John and Kathleen's son is Paul's daughter, and his daughter, Lucy daughter, remarried, and is now Lucy niece. Lucy niece is the niece of Jack's step-parent and cousin of Mark's step-parent, who's married to Darcy cousin. She has no cousins. Hmm... Can we do a flowchart? 
Will the owner of an enormous red and blue articulated lorry please come to the front desk? That's the owner of a red and blue articulated lorry. Your vehicle has inexplicably turned into a humanoid robot and is currently wandering off muttering. Please come and resolve unpaid parking fees. Thank you. Coconuts, 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 coconuts. Hey Matt, what are you up to? Hey Kev, I'm just reading through the script for an advert I've been offered. Oh yeah, blimey, that's a big script for an advert, isn't it? Yeah, 264 pages. I'm guessing it's going to need a long commercial break to get through it. What's it about? I'm not sure to be honest, Kev. I'm 92 pages in and it's only had the one word so far. Let's have a look. Hmm. Coconuts, 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 coconuts. Hang on, what's it actually advertising? I've got no idea. Shall we skip to the last page? Yeah, let's have a look. Here we go. Coconuts, 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 coconuts. Is that it? Yeah, that was the last line. That's a bit of a letdown. I'm still not sure what it's advertising. Weirdly, though, I had a script the ride this morning for an advert I've been offered. Did you, Kev? That's pretty cool. Yeah, have a look. Here it is. Whoa! That's even bigger than the coconut script. 435 pages. Adverts are definitely getting longer. What's this one about? Have a read. Here we go, then. Page one. Apricots. 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 Apricots, 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 Welcome to Total and Utter Relaxation. I'm Josh. Today, I want to talk about mindfulness. I'm sorry, that's the first time I've seen that word written down. Mindfulness. Mindfulness is the art of allowing yourself to become so absorbed in an immediate activity, no matter how mundane it is, to sort of distract yourself from all the other crap going on in your head. So... Let's start with a guided mediation. Apologies again. Meditation. I'm a little surprised they want this done in just the one take with no re-records, but a job's a job. We'll start by closing our eyes and imagining we're standing at the beach. Unless, of course, you're driving or telling off your children right now, in which case, maybe keep your eyes open. For the rest of us, we're standing on the seashore. The sun is high in a clear blue sky, its golden light shining down all over our bodies, filling us with a warm, rich glow. We see the waves bobbing and lapping gently just ahead of us, breaking over the soft sand and washing slowly back outward as a bubbling white foam. And within us, we feel a sense of peace as relaxation envelops us in a warm hug. It's so restful here as the sun shines down over the soft white sand. So still, so calm, so peaceful.
tape over. Tonight we're talking about road rage, that red-misted monster of the motorway. Perhaps it's something you felt yourself on occasions when the car in front of you behaves without care. Or maybe you've been on the receiving end of some other driver's triggered fury. Either way, road rage continues to be an angry scourge on our tarmac. And my guest tonight has come here to talk about exactly that. Good evening, sir. Thanks for coming on the show. Nice to meet you, Len. Nice to meet you. The name's Crampton Arbuckle, and it's a real pleasure to be here. A real pleasure. Mr Arbuckle, I understand road rage was something that plagued you for a long time. Oh, it went on for years, Len. Years. And how did it affect you? Well, you see, back in the days when I was living in Colchester, I had to drive this piece of road that literally made my blood boil. Boil, I say. In what way? Twice a day I had to use that road, Len. On the way to work and on the way home again. The B1027. Makes me see red just saying the name. Bumpy tarmac. Tight corners, ugly trees, long stretches of nothing, barely any other traffic. Honestly, you ain't never seen a road quite like it. Barely any other traffic? Wouldn't other drivers be considered a requisite for road rage? Oh, not for me. I ain't never had no problems with no other drivers before, Len. It's Dale. Hang on, are you saying your road rage wasn't at other motorists? Nope. Mine was a literal kind, Len. Rage with the road itself. I mean, it didn't even have any streetlights. I'm sorry, listeners, I really thought we'd done our research properly this week. Mr Arbuckle, what exactly made you so angry with an actual piece of road? Oh, the b 1027 is not just any piece of road, Len. Dale. It's this nightmarish stretch of tarmac that used to haunt my dreams twice a day. Why? Well, to start with, it's crooked. Also, it gets narrower, then wider, then narrower again. Parts of it are missing those white dashed lines in the middle. In the autumn, leaves blow all over it. And, about two miles into it, there's a terrifying hawthorn bush that sticks out in the oncoming lane just a little too far for my comfort. Honestly, Len, some days I had to shut my eyes just to get past it. I got through 14 automobiles and three wives that way. So, I knew I had to take action. And that's a lot of cars and partners. What did you do? I lobbied to get the road removed, Len. Dale. I wrote to the government and asked them directly to disband the road and build another one elsewhere in the country due to its unsightly and rage-inducing nature. And did they? No. They just thought I was a bit of a kook. You are a bit of a kook, Mr. Arbuckle. So what did you do next? I protested, Len. Dale. I stood out on that road for weeks at a time, waving a banner that said, This road is too ugly and too scary to be open. Please close it, as it makes me really angry. And did that work? No. In fact, I lost another couple of wives that way. Hmm. So how did you resolve this rather unique take on road rage? I moved away, Len. It's Dale. So that's it, you just moved home? Yep, 
completely away from Colchester. New home, new job, new wife. I haven't been anywhere near the B1027 for years now. And let me tell you, I haven't looked back since. Not once. After I got away from that stretch of B road, my life has gone from strength to strength. <sighs> Mr. Arbuckle, I really don't know what to say. Then let me ask you this, Len. How would you like to purchase a fancy new suitcase? What? State-of-the-art, top-of-the-line, lightweight design. In fact, I just happen to have one right here. Ain't she something? I can picture you now, wheeling her through the airport on your way to some sun-kissed exotic destination. I don't like the colour much. Not a problem. Not a problem. I can get a painted for you. And the handle is a bit tatty. In fact, it looks really old. There's a massive scuff mark on the corner there by the wheels. All adds to the character, Len. Dale! How much do you want for it? 100 of your English-British pounds. These babies are selling for 150, but I couldn't think of charging you a penny more than 100. 100 quid for a tatty old suitcase. Are you serious? Not just any old suitcase, Len. Dale! This is quite an exceptional piece of luggage. Tell me, you ever seen a suitcase do this? Hey, Case, show them what you got. never seen a suitcase do that before. Like I said, Len, top of the range. And for 100 pounds, she can be yours. What do you say? Do we got ourselves a deal? Mr. Arbuckle, to be honest with you, all I really wanted was to carry out some hard-hitting journalistic investigation into the traumatic effects of road rage. So you're not interested in buying the suitcase? No. I see. I see. Well, it's probably time I was getting on my way, Len. Dale. Lots of people to see, lots of people. Lots of suitcases to sell. Which way is the exit? It's over there. Nice to meet you, Len. Real nice. You call me if you ever rethink that suitcase, you hear? Excuse me, Road rage and suitcases. You've been listening to Digging Deeper. I'm Len Allen. I mean, Dale Allen. Join me again next week. Good night. Twerzel's Chocolate Now 100% Recycled Will everyone in Hollywood Please stop using our car park That's everyone in Hollywood Seriously, we're just a wholesale Plumbing and distribution outlet outside Norwich I'm surprised you all need to be here In the first place, but your presence Is really beginning to irritate other customers Thank you Okay, Kelvin, ready to take notes? Yes, Mr. Alfie. Here we go then. Job 101, the shopping. I'll walk around the kitchen and shout out what we need and you make a note. Got that? Yes, Mr. Alfie. Okay. Salad drawer is looking a bit sparse. Here's what we need for the week. Kale, lettuce, radishes, walnuts, tomatoes, free-range eggs, more marrow, spinach pie, onions and shallots, Oh, I'm going to cook something really cool for Lucinda tonight. That does not compute. If you have cooked something, how will it also be chilled? Cool as in fresh? It would be unwise to cook or chill food that was not fresh. Maybe you should try it sometime. It's called a turn of phrase. Turning and phasing, turning and phasing, turning and phasing. Stop! No! Kelvin, look what you've done to the kitchen. I have made an error. I will now self-destruct. Ten, nine, eight, No, Kelvin, seven. Kelvin, bad boy. Self-destruct deactivated. Look, just get to the shops. I'll clear all this up. And don't forget to get feta cheese.
listening to Cat Noir. This episode was written, performed, recorded and produced by Kevin Chilvers and Matt Sanders, with editing by Gary the Trainee, sound engineer, and the guest announcer was me. If you have been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, then please seek immediate medical attention, or follow us on Instagram at Cat Noir Podcast. The Cat Noir Podcast is sponsored by zapsflat.com. It's where we get nearly all of our sound effects from. Join us next time for more of this. Where have you been? You're late. I am not deceased, but I have had a lovely time shopping. A lovely time. But where have you been? You left yesterday afternoon. I have been to many shops, as you suggested. I have the items on the list we prepared. Okay, well, that's at least something. We ended up having takeaway last night. Right, for the week. Kale, lettuce, radishes. I got four week ales and lattice arches. Oh. Walnuts, tomatoes, free-range eggs, more marrow. One nut, two marshmallows, three beige pegs, four barrows. Spinach pie? Spanish fly. What about the onions? I gave them to the other shoppers. Why? You said shallots. <sighs> and the feta cheese? I brought feta ease. It says it is the slickest way to fill a pillow. Really? I have made an error. I will now self-destruct. Ten, nine, eight, no, seven, no, six, Kelvin, five, no, four, bad boy, three, Kelvin, two, no. One. How will they get out of this one? You decide. Press one to hear Kelvin explode. Press two to hear Kelvin explode, but only after Alfie is out of range. Press three to allow Kelvin and Alfie to return for more sketches. Or press four to buy Kelvin and Alfie a ticket on flight 935. Cat Noir is proudly sponsored by Coconuts. Cat Noir is proudly sponsored by Apricots. Actually, Cat Noir is only sponsored by Coconuts. Actually, Cat Noir is only sponsored by Apricots. Coconuts. Apricots. Coconuts. Apricots. I'm not doing this again. Mm. Would you settle for Apricots? Um, I'll settle for Coca-Cots. Done. Deal.